You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Khan Bayazid. Welcome back, everybody! Episode 101. Dalmatians. 101 Dalmatians. Veshikaj uh, International's The Black Eagles Podcast is back. I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City. And as you may have heard, alongside me today is, once again, Kambayazid, everybody! How you doing, sir? Dalmatians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Been a while since I've seen that. Cruella de Vil. Cruella de Vil. Something, something, something. Because Dalmatians are black and white, so it's a sort of apropos uh, introduction of sorts. Um, but yeah, of course, we're back today with uh, just a match. We're back on our usual schedule. Or, or, I guess Bessic Touch is back on their usual schedule. Uh, I've been playing weekly uh, in the in the league, for better or worse. Um, and of course, this week we were at home against Gaziantep, Gazisheir. Uh, we were it was a sort of homecoming for our new manager Sergei Yalchin, who uh, spoiler spoiler alert is the still the only undefeated coach in Besiktas history. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Let's jump ahead and, and talk about this match a little, Khan. I guess, first of all, going into it, um, the lineup, Karius was in the goal, Gokhan Gonul, Johnny Arkian on the side, on the flank of the defense, Vida and Victor Ruiz in the defense, uh, El Neni alone as the central defensive midfielder with Hutchinson in a central midfielder role uh, alongside Ljajic in a slightly uh, set-back attacking midfield role. Uh, with Nkudu and Diaby on the wings and Burak Yilmaz up front. Uh, no real shocks, no surprises there. Thoughts, Khan, going into this one. Did you think we needed these three points? Did you think it would be hard to get these three points? You know? Yeah, I thought it was going to be difficult because uh, Gaziantep are um, a treacherous side. They can surprise you. I mean, they surprised uh, Sivaspor last week. 5-1, I think it was. So they dealt Sivaspor uh, their first defeat since they lost 3-2 to Galatasaray months ago, I want to say, in the league. Uh, of course, they lost in the cup, I believe, against Malatya, but that was after they had already won the home leg emphatically with 4-0. So, um, yeah, it was a, it's been a while since Sivas lost, and last week they, they got trashed by uh, this side. So I definitely was wary going into this game. Yeah, um, and of course it's, you know, we won our first match under Sergei Yeltsin, but it was hardly like the most awe-inspiring, uh, confidence-inspiring type of performance. You know, I think we were maybe a little lucky even to get the three points. Uh, yeah, but, based on the second half for sure. Right. First half was, uh, first half was um, promising, but then uh, 
I felt that the team was going back a little bit on uh, their old tendencies exactly, in the second yeah. half. We were reverting to Abdul Avci slash Chanel Gunesh uh, tactics because really they, were, they sort of merged into the same thing at some point there. But um, <clears throat> yeah, and as far as this match, the the, the lineup again, I, I wasn't surprised really. I of course still uh, want to see Boyd in there over Diaby. But, I mean, well, I don't want to talk about the match itself yet. But I'll say, yeah, I think Diaby actually stood up fairly well here. Um, yeah, well, let's talk about this match. Let's just jump into it. And uh, before I do so, I want to give a special shout-out to Emre Hasturk, uh, the fellow in Istanbul who has been providing our stadium sounds for much of this podcast's existence, with the exception, of course, of Kartal the last time around. Uh, but so yeah, Emre, shouts to you. I'm giving you a salute, Mary Demiral style. Uh, yeah. And go to Hair World Turkey uh, if you want to get your hair done. <laughs> yeah, that's where we, should, Emre we, works. Should, we should record an ad for this fella over here. Um, but yeah, thanks, Emre, and enjoy the stadium sound. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> so, let's talk football. Uh, as we said, big match. Sort of tense going into it. A lot of question marks, nerves, etc. Uh, the first half would probably not dispel those nerves, if we're going to be honest. Um, not a particularly flattering performance there especially the first 30 minutes i'd say about 30 35 25 to 35 minutes maybe uh it was pretty early for me so to be fair it was a little hazy maybe but one of the fascinating things is if you look at the uh the match events there is literally one thing in the half they don't mention anything other than just the fact that nkudu got a yellow card in the 39th uh undeserved i thought that was a harsh card to be honest um, I'm trying to recall it specifically, but I remember Nkudu, uh, do you remember the card, Khan? I don't remember any of our cards. I only remember Junior Moraes committing multiple yellow card offenses, and I think he ended the match without a card, whereas uh, Gökhan Gunul got carded, which means he'll miss the Başakşehir game. Um, we got three yellows, and they got like one, I think, and... I, I'm they trying were, to remember distinctly yeah. what it was, but I, I remember feeling that Nkudu was, was very fairly... I, he committed a foul, but it was not at all a yellow card. There was uh, nothing sort of intentional. It was, I think he was defending, going, tracking back, or breaking down an, a counter or something. Um, but it was nothing that Moraes hadn't done. Yeah, no, it re and to be honest, I think it was like less than Moraish had done. Like it, it was kind of inane. I, I, I definitely felt aggrieved by it. This ref really had a pretty bad day, despite everything. But okay, let's 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 talk about the match, I guess. So anyway, the the half ended nil nil. Um, really tough beginning, but I do think we started to settle. Diaby, uh, who I mentioned earlier, kind of connected on a few crosses towards the end of the half. Um, just generally, the team started to have initiative, I think, and started maybe maybe Sergen 
yelled at them, said, reminded them of something. I don't know. You know, you don't ever quite know what's being said. I think said. we had the initiative, but we were. I, I thought that the uh, Gaziantep were in the first half very effective at uh, deploying their offside trap, and uh, we we were dangerous on multiple occasions. We were dangerous after like I don't know, but was it like a couple of minutes in, where Burak was sent through on the right side. Diaby ran to the center, and Burak crossed it, and Gunai Guvench, our former goalkeeper, got a touch to it, but then it yeah. fell to Diaby, yeah. and he slotted it home. Uh, but that one was ruled off for offsides. And then a little bit later, Burak was sent through alone on the goalkeeper. That was that fancy header, that. right? That he he actually, I think, could have let it drop. No, 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 no. This was like a one-on-one opportunity. That I don't remember. Who oh sent yeah, him to, you're right. But he came one-on-one with the goalkeeper, put it just it. narrowly wide. That yeah. was also uh, waved for offside. Yeah. Then we have. Uh, the fancy header yeah. where uh, Diaby was... did well to get past uh, Junior Moraes. Yeah, and this is actually already into that zone of time where we're starting to really look yeah. cohesive. Yes. Yeah. Um, and But yeah, yeah th- on that one I thought Burak might have actually let it drop and I think he could have put it in with his foot. But yeah, whatever. He did, he did well to control it with his chest and then he decided to go for the header yeah, straight away. Yeah. I, think, I think his idea was probably to uh, surprise Gunai but he yeah. was a no. good position. Definitely. Uh, good save from him. Um, yeah, and then we we scored right before halftime again. Uh, again, uh, Onkudu sending through Burak on the left this time. Burak centered it to Diaby, and Diaby scored. So, but uh, again, ruled offside. So Diaby two goals uh, ruled offside because Burak's start Burak started his run just a little bit too early. You know, and it's funny. Um, I feel like there have been a number of goals Diaby has actually scored that have been waved up. For various. Well, yeah. Now recently, yeah, he had the one against Erzurum Sport, a really nice one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now he has these two, of course. I think earlier uh, in the season there was another one as well. So that's interesting because you know, for guys like Doduk in our group chat who like to pick on individual stats, which is sort of irrational when when the team isn't putting up big numbers anyway. But um, you know, he it's just these like moments that are often even out of his control that dictate whether he has big stats or not, you know, and he could, as he's shown. Mm-hmm. So that's unfortunate, but I mean... He did, I- he did really well uh, here to run alongside Burak. It was interesting to see that Burak was the provider yeah. uh, rather than the, the finisher in those uh, moments in the first half. I mean, in some ways, that's been a strength of his this season more than, you know, his finishing ability, which has been perhaps lacking at times, but... Um, he has actually shown some initiative in build-up that, you know, kind of, it's funny because it, it reminds me of his first spell with Besiktas when he was, on, he was played incorrectly on, on the wings. Um, but so, you yeah, know, he's well, sort of channeling. position back in the day. Yeah, but he's you sort know, of channeling until, that ability uh, now, you know, it's funny. Yeah, but I think it wasn't until Shenol Gunish got a hold of him at the Trabzonspor that he really turned him into a striker. Yeah. Uh, but this was the first time this season where I really had the impression that Burak was making a lot of runs yeah. in behind the defense. Um, and despite that, I felt that Gaziantep had uh, set up their defense really well, though. Yeah. Uh, they well, their offside trap was really well executed. Yeah, their, their, their offside trap was excellent. Well, and... Uh, I've c- yeah. complained often about our lack of offsides. So it, it, it really is an indicator of initiative. You kind of need yeah. to get caught offsides a couple times just to, sh- to prove that you're making that effort. And so I think I even yeah. said that, of course, I wasn't particularly happy with Burak's final touch, but in, in a way you can't really complain because he's certainly showing initiative. He's showing the desire. Well, he- 
here his final touch was was fine uh, with those two assists basically yeah well, uh, just his that. that one finish one on one he had another one in the second half where he really should have put it home yeah exactly even if it was offside yeah um but sir at the half Adem Liaich was taken out for our debutante, uh, Kevin Prince Boateng, um, who, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's going to be pretty happy with him after his first, after his debut. Uh, in the 47th minute, right as the second half is underway, Kanabik gets himself a yellow card for Gazi here. I didn't know they had Kanabik. He, he was a Senegalese national team guy, or Cameroon, I can't remember, but yeah, he's He's been around a block. Yeah, it was a Kaiseri sport for a long time. Yeah, really yeah. Good it's interesting, guys, to share up the cuckoo clock, letting us know time is passing. Thank you. Um, but anyway, 52nd minute, boom, we get a penalty. Um, let's talk about the penalty itself first. Um, Khan, what do you think? I mean, terrible. It wasn't the penalty. Yeah, I, I, that's why I wanted to pass it to you because I know you. It was a goal, like though. Because <laughs> Atiba. Atib actually scores on that play, and he was offside. But because the the player, the defending player, Gurai uh, Gunai Vural, Vural, Gurai Vural, Gurai, the winger, Vural, left yeah. winger, he touches it with he, he, he touches it with his arm. Yeah. He's like tr going for a jumping up for a block, but his arm is completely next to his body. He's not putting it out. He is not making like but, so you didn't see that, You arm. didn't think that hand contact was a little blatant because the hand really no. like gets up on it a little. I think. He has his hand on his chest, I think, and his arm next to his body, and he jumps and he turns because he doesn't want to get the ball in his face or whatever. And yeah, it skims his his arm, but uh, see, oh, see, I thought I thought his hand that is so his basically, I think some people are thinking it hit his left arm and that was minimal contact, but I actually think his right hand, which so his right arm was tucked under his left arm, but his right hand was sticking out, and I actually think. His palm makes contact, and his and it's sticking out. It's still, I think you can still make the argument it's fairly incidental, but I'll have to look at that again. But regardless of uh, whether that is uh, the case, um, the referee for me makes a massive mistake by not allowing the goal because as we learned the hard way against Antalya Sport exactly. last season at Vodafone Park, when the defender makes a deliberate play for the ball and touches the ball. Exactly. Uh, the offside is lifted, so Atiba's offside, which he was, he was a couple of centimeters offside, maybe. But it gets cancelled because of the count. contact by the defender, yeah, which we've been on the other canceled. end of, which so, you just mentioned. But it's yeah, exactly. And we've been on the right end of that as well, uh, with 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 uh, Guven scoring right. a goal yeah. uh, from a similar position, uh, I think earlier this season or maybe last season. Anyway, regardless, that goal of of Atiba. Happy birthday, by the way, should have stood. And in my opinion, the referee kind of screws us over because what if we miss that penalty? He takes away a goal for he gives Gaziantep a second chance, basically, to cancel out that goal if, if, if Gunai saves it. And uh, yeah, and he's a decent goalkeeper from the, from the penalty spot. He's uh, got a couple of uh, penalty saves under his belt. So yeah. uh, that for me was just I, mind-boggling. I don't understand how um, how that happened. I think it's a Kural Hatasa, by the way, again, <laughs> because that's uh, the rules uh, misapplied, uh, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, it, it, fortunately for us, it ends up in a goal, uh, and that really, uh, that's what we needed, because I think 
Gaziantep, despite the fact that we had a decent amount of opportunities in the first half, but uh, apart from... I think most of them were offside. I, I'm trying to think of if any of them were onside, where we really had... A, ah, yeah, the, the, the Burak header, of course, that was onside. But apart from that one, all the other ones were offside, so those should we shouldn't be counting those. They had it locked down pretty well. Yeah, and they looked a little dangerous scored. on the counter. I mean... It really yep. felt like it was one of those games where if we didn't score, despite being probably the much better side, clearly even, uh, that they could get us on the counter. Because they, you know, Victor Ruiz made a couple sort of clumsy mishits of the ball. One of them he saved. I mean, luckily, Karius was really, I mean, he wasn't really challenged, but he was very, uh, what's the word for? He was very serene. Yeah, very calming, right? Change. Like, he really gave you that yeah. sense that he was commanding the zone. That's good. I mean... But it was one of those games where, I mean, if you look at the highlights of this match, there's not a single Gaziantep highlight, I think. Yeah. But if you looked at the actual match, there were definitely moments where we had yeah, to clench, exactly. where we had to uh, clench our, our buttocks. Uh, <laughs> our buttocks, indeed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Um, and, and going back to the penalty again, 52nd minute, Burak Yilmaz, one to nil. And it's a very well-struck penalty, and I really have been... Uh, I'm impressed by Burak's penalty taking. It, it seems like such an inane, like, oh, whatever, everyone can score penalties. But, like, he really has a kind of artistry about it that's... Uh, he's a really good penalty taker. Yeah. Doesn't mean he's uh, he's flawless. He'll miss one once in a while. Yeah, usually, uh, so don't... Like, it's, it's not a 100% goal, too. but... Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I've seen him miss a couple, but it, it, not at Bishitesh now, I guess, but uh, in the past, yeah, he's definitely missed a couple. But it's like, you know, Selchuk Ilan at Galatasaray for years was almost flawless from the penalty yeah. spot, and then at some point, suddenly, it, he, okay. you know, he just couldn't score them yeah, anymore. Well, he just got, like, so old. Um, well, so, yeah, and then, anyway. Same age. Uh, one nil. Uh, could be time. Huh? Uh, anyway, one to nil. We're up in the 52nd minute. Uh, 54th minute, Gokan Gunil gets his yellow card. I didn't see it, honestly. I think I was still so excited about the goal. I, I did a, like a lap around the house. Uh, and by the time I got I back, I'd already it. missed the yellow. So I, I assumed it couldn't have been so bad because they weren't like replaying it or anything like that. I, I don't even remember it. Uh, same here, yeah. I don't rem recall the yellow card. And uh, it's one that has consequences, obviously, because he'll be suspended against Bashakshi here. Um, so yeah, we'll have to talk about Bashakshi here because that's going to be the main talking point now. I think is like who is our right back against Bashakshi here because mm -hmm. that's a, obviously a vital position given how well Gokongunov uh, played. Either Douglas or Rebocho, I guess Rebocho uh, 
out of position on the right back. He, he's done it once or twice this season, and he did a good job at it. I mean, if you remember, Adriano uh, did it uh, quite a few times as well when he was still with us, and, and he did a really good job on the right back. Uh, so I, I'm curious to see. Maybe uh, Kerem Kalafat is going to get a start. I don't know. Um, but uh, Gokhan was important last week with a crucial goal. And again, here, this game, he, he was important offensively because uh, he, of yeah, course, he assisted... Uh, well, I guess let's just talk about it. He assisted the next goal in the 70th minute. And so there are a couple subs by uh, Gazeshe here to, to try to turn things. They got they brought in Diara, another African guy, striker Tumasi, whose name I was impressed with. Uh, Patrick Tumasi. Yeah. Uh, they took out Mohamed Demir, who is a name many Turkish soccer fans, football fans, sorry, uh, would recognize. Shame. Uh, but yeah, yeah I know. I can't believe I, I have never said that. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> what a now you have to walk through, naked through through New York City, and uh, oh, no. you know, somebody has to run uh, after you with a with a bell. <laughs> Shame. Shame. Um, but so yeah, seventieth minute in this fantastic football match, uh, not soccer. Um, Boateng. I mean, wow, what can we say about this goal? First of all, this is the assist that Gokhan Gunov would provide uh, to sort of underline his solid performance all around. Uh, and it was a nice assist. He got behind the defense, put it in well. But my goodness, what a little finish we had from the prince himself. So now we have a prince and a crawl, I suppose. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. All right, that's pretty good. But so, yeah, the prince puts one away. Uh, Khan, I'll let you describe it. I mean, I, what a beautiful finish, huh? Yeah, Boateng uh, gets the ball uh, a couple of me meters out of uh, their box, and he squared. Uh, he put. Yeah, he passes it wide to Diaby, who then gives it along with uh, Gukhan on the right hand side. Uh, all the while, uh, Boateng is making a penetrating run into their box, and he yeah just completely loses all of their defenders, and he pops up at the near post right in front of Gunai's nose, and he just flicks it in, and a uh, great goal and a great celebration. Of course, with him doing some flip-flops, uh, or however you call that. Yeah, I don't know what that... What, did he... This is maybe the only question I have about the whole thing. Is Did he botch that? Was he trying to do one of those big flippy things and then kind of went sideways? And How did that happen there? The, kinda the, looked the like flippy a, thing, right? Well, looked, whatever. It looked, looked like he might have botched like, the third, third flick or something. Good thing um, he didn't but, hurt himself. I mean, it's good to know these guys <laughs> have an out for when it doesn't work. <laughs> It's uh, supposedly stuff like that isn't very good for your back, so uh, I, ho I hope he doesn't do it. I hope he scores. I was going to say, I hope he doesn't score too many goals, but I hope he scores lots of goals and he doesn't do that celebration Just too like, often. Yeah. He can that save that for when he scores the winner against Fenerbahce or Galatasaray or, or Trabzon or Bashakchir or whatever, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. For a real moment where, we're, where we can start trying to do it too and like all oh, break, break our backs in the front. Um, so, 74th minute. Germain Lenz would enter the game for Diaby, who, you know, round of applause for Diaby. I think he may have even finally gotten a, a bit of applause to co coming off the pitch. Uh, Germain Lenz would come into the match. So again, no Tyler Boyd, but uh, Germain Lenz would, of course, have a positive impact. And, I mean, you and I both have always liked Germain Lenz, so 
whatever. It is what it is. I think we'd Although probably we just have to rather... recognize that he, he has like a one-on-one -on -one opportunity in this uh, match, like just a couple minutes after coming on, and he just yeah, it's like he can't finish anymore. You know, he, one -on -one. like he lost it there. Yeah, that was that was disappointing. It's um, weird because at a point for when he was at PSV, there were I think when like the main striker was injured, he was playing as a striker, and he had a season where he scored quite a lot of goals as a striker. Um, oh yeah, I, so, I remember asking for him to be tried out as a striker a few times when we were not looking so good last season. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but again, like, I think it's it's a tough ask when you just enter a match too. Perhaps there's some, uh, you know. Like, yeah, but we've consistently seen him now. That's true. <laughs> mess up one on ones. He's not but, too good at it. But he did finish. Uh, well, let's. All right. First of all, before we get there, I should mention uh, Jonah Erkin got a yellow card in the 79th minute, but he's actually okay for the next match. Um, the, I, I just want to mention so that Coyote left the match and in came Kenan Uzer in the 80th minute. Some Besiktas fans will rec recognize the name. And he yep. sort of impacted the match. Former academy player of uh, Besiktas. Uh, he would later get a yellow card in the 88th minute. And th but before then, Burak Yilmaz would leave the match for Umut Nair. Burak um, was one of the guys that was on a yellow card. Suspension yeah, so, he would have gotten booked, so it's so a safe. So it's a good sub. I mean, that's one thing we can say about Sergei Yalchin. Uh, in just a short window of, you know, what viewing time, uh, he's his subs make a whole lot more sense than than Abdul Avshis ever did, uh, just from this small sample size. But um, yeah, Kenan Uzair got himself that yellow card, uh, and he was sort of petulant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but apparently uh, he also said in his post-match interview that even Gokhan went to the goalkeeper uh, to the <laughs> to the referee, and Gokhan admitted to the ref that he uh, made contact, so that it was a penalty, apparently. So I understand why he was petulant. Did see? I I really felt he did a flap there. Um, so yeah, he got mm -hmm. the yellow card for flapping. I watched the replay, and there is mild contact, so not a flop. Wow. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Uh, I thought it was a blatant one, but I, I, you know, I didn't look that carefully. And I was just, you know, he got the yellow, so I assumed, you know, they always try to screw us on stuff, so that must have been genuine. Um, oh, shit. But in the fifth minute of extra time, and there would only be six, they would end it as this goal was being celebrated, essentially. Uh, yeah, I just spoiled it there. Goal. John Erkin would assist it. Uh, nice little cross from sort of deep. Uh, German Land with a really lovely header. So he can't get it done with his feet anymore. But <laughs> maybe this is why. This is what he needs to be doing. Yeah, we got we got my Quaresma spore with with lens up. He's a, he's playing too much uh, beach volleyball with his head maybe on vacation. There you and, go. Uh, that's what, that's yeah. what it is. Um, but so that's it. That's it. That's how the match would end. Besiktas victorious, three to nil. And you even skimmed over the disallowed goal for Umut in the second half. So in total, we had four. Disallowed goals in this match, two from Diaby in the first half, one from Atiba in the second half, and one from Umut Nair in the second half. I and missed that. The first, I, I must the have first been... two ones were correct. 
the one for Atiba was wrong, and I also think that the 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 fourth one, the the one for for Umut, which was at two 0 by the way, not at three 0 So no, yeah, because he came in the eighty second minute. You know? I mean, yeah, the yeah. third goal was literally the last moment yeah. of, of play. But I I also think that one not from Umut was a wrong decision because uh, Boateng goes up for a headed duel and then goes down, and the rebound falls to Umut, who is in an onside position, and he scores. But they rule it off. I'm not sure if they rule it off for a fall or if it's an offside. But either are poor decisions. So wow, because... so Umut should have had a goal. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that's too bad. Because you know, as we have been subjected to, for the first time, to be fair, you know, in, in my time with Besiktas International, uh, but with, with Doruk, we have a stat fiend who's always like, this guy's no good. Look how many goals he has. Look how many assists he has. Da, da, da. And so, like these 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 unfairly turned over stats, you know, they they feed people like that's argument, you know, and that's that's unfortunate. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really. I felt great about this match most of the way through, you know, barring those first thirty minutes. But even then, you know, we were bending but not breaking. Um, so I was actually kind of content in a weird I mean you know how we are kind in our slightly older age than the rest of those guys like I think we handle things in stride more and tend not to freak out so I don't know I was genuinely um, you know I'm, I'm really enjoying the whole Sergei Yeltsin experience to be honest the fact that it's been very successful thus far you know icing on the cake obviously especially given that he's, he's really just joined the team so that's you know, impressive even, but uh, yeah, I mean, we really played good football, like dominant football for maybe 65 minutes yesterday, which is great, you know, and if you if you can manage to not concede in the slappy part, part ugh, slappy portion of the match, you know, that, that initial part, all the better, and we did, we managed to, to hold firm, so a clean sheet. Three goals mm-hmm. scored, uh, you know, maybe three more deserved that were taken off the score sheet. Like, that's really solid. Especially, yes, given that Gaziantep uh, are the ones who, who overturned Sivas's lengthy run of victories um, just recently. Uh, they're in fairly good form. And, and you can see that they've actually fairly well, or they've done a fairly good job of um, accumulating talent. You know, kind of mid-tier talent that that other sides around Turkey are letting go when when they're not doing particularly well but you know they're, they're kind of getting the better talents among those groups and you know, they've put a pretty solid team out there um, so yeah mm-hmm. it's a good win I'm, I'm pleased with it three nil against this side is about as good yeah, as it gets I think it's not bad I mean Fenner trashed them uh, in the beginning of the season but that's when really one day like they were still building chemistry and there mm-hmm. were, I mean they had almost no chemistry plus they got like three penalties in 21 minutes um, yeah they had a yeah I mean, I mean they had a finale well I mean those situations those, those penalties those penalties were correct um, all of them I think but, uh, I think one of them I remember yeah no, no they were they were right they were right they were right no uh, <laughs> one of them was not <laughs> right, I'm just joking like we're, we're speaking about like three months ago like uh, yeah whatever singular moments whatever I, I don't even really remember what we're talking about but yeah, I mean. Yeah, no, 
but I mean, yeah, all in all, they, they have a little bit have ups and downs, Gaziantep have, but they are a formidable side, and they, they just got to sign a new player alone from Mainz, uh, Alexandru Maxim, and he did he had an amazing debut last week, scored two goals. Um, yeah, he was just really, really involved against Sivaspor and, and, and total... Uh, yeah, pain in their asses, and you know, fr quite frankly, apart from Coyote, who was a little bit of a handful in the first half, um, I think we contained him pretty well. And uh, there were a couple of, like we said, like some butt clenching moments for us in the first yeah. half on the break, but all in all, I think we we, we played a good match. I, I didn't like the tempo all that much in the first half, I think our tempo was too low, uh, the ball circulation didn't go quick enough. Mm -hmm. But that definitely improved in the second half. I, I do believe that that's because of that early, that that really quick goal. But also, uh, Boateng had a, had a positive impact on the match. Uh, he definitely oh, yeah. helped with the ball circulation and and just. Yeah. One thing, Khan, I want you to mention uh, before I move on to stats very briefly uh, is uh, you mentioned this before we started recording, but the run itself that Prince, mm -hmm. the Prince made onto the goal, right? You, we mentioned the, the the brilliance of his finish, but perhaps the really the most impressive part, Khan. Let me hand it over to you. I don't want to steal your your thought out, well thought out talking point. I just really liked how he ran, like. Oh, kind of like on, on the left-hand side of the box and then totally crossed towards the near post uh, and just completely... Like a decoy move. Yeah, he completely shook anyone who might have even thought of following him. Like, he, nobody... I, yeah, everyone lost him. People were watching other players. And then he pops up right in front of Gunai's nose um, to, to, put, to, po to poke too. it away. And I... I, I thought I mentioned this while I was describing the goal earlier, so I, I it was a little. I, I thought you were maybe setting me up for something else, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I just. Oh yeah, I just. I don't think we. I think we maybe mentioned the run before we recorded, but yeah, that that was that was it. That's what I wanted you to say. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. It really was a nice run, and he did a good job of making runs and getting involved and kind of being active in the offense uh, for the time he was out there. So that was nice. Good debut. Debut. Um, so, stats. Uh, and I think these are illustrative, uh, useful this week. Um, Besiktas had 17 shots to Gaziantep's 11. Eight on target to their two. Uh, so that says a lot in and of itself. 68% possession for Besiktas to their 32. 594 passes completed to their 278. At an 84% Accuracy clip to their 73%. Uh, 14 fouls committed to their 13. Three yellow cards to their two. No red cards given this match, obviously. Seven offsides for Besiktas. I love that stat. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, it'd be nice if there was like four offsides and two of those, two more goals perhaps. But uh, you love the initiative that that suggests. Uh, Gazishe here had two offsides. Ten corners for Besiktas to their five. So, I mean, despite being up most of the match, we dominated possession. We kept playing our game. That's probably the most important aspect of this, is that we didn't get lazy or slappy. And I think uh, Kevin Prince-Boateng contributed in, in that sense because he wanted to make a good debut, perhaps. And so he kept the vibrancy out there a little bit. But 
Um, yeah, in general, good accuracy. Uh, you, that's been a hallmark of Sergei Yelchin. I mean, we always passed fairly well, um, but really, we haven't dipped below 80% since in, in the two matches that Sergei Yelchin has, has managed. So it's interesting. I mean, it suggests maybe we're playing a much shorter passing game, a more deliberate style I of passing. But I, I, I did notice though, I mean, I mentioned last week how I, I liked the fact that Chandler wasn't crossing the ball, uh, but in the first half he crossed it a couple of times. He so did, like, yeah. So but, but at the same time, it was not like dominating our offense, right? Like, no, no, it wasn't It wasn't our main uh, attacking plan for sure. And uh, also I think one thing that was that uh, they had the, the, the wings locked down pretty well. Uh, Gudu, uh, yeah, was constantly being followed by his man and uh, was being locked down by, I think, two guys at all, at all times, uh, close down at least. So uh, there were some moments where the only option was really to just cross and hope. hope but uh, yeah, but like I said in the past, like if you only have one real guy in the box there with Buak, then you're crossing the ball into the box with, with four defenders or something around Buak. Exactly. It's kind of pointless. And now uh, something I really liked in the second half with, with Boateng is that he constantly got involved in that, uh, that, that, that yeah, just uh, the battle in the box, basically. And that's something we have been lacking. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Atiba tends to pop up in the box from time to time, but he's not that good at it. Uh, exactly, yeah. Uh, and and you can see with there's something we have with 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 Tarishka. We had someone who was constantly up there, and we had someone who was going for the near post quite frequently, scored a lot of goals that way, uh, just like how Boateng did today. And I think that's kind of something we have been missing in our, in our offense. Um, but at the same time, what we criticize Talishka for is that he didn't have the the playmaking skills that we needed. So he did have that penet penetration. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. It's you know, all right. Those, those, those penetrating runs, which which are important too, and having an extra body in the box. But I kind of prefer when that's the central midfielder who provides that, and you still have your ten to yeah, like Ozan did for a few months there. That really got us excited. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so he came in, bought it for, for, for Lige, but I hope to see them on the pitch together in the near future. Yeah, because, so, uh, I, I would hope that the decision, rather than it being should he play Lijic or Boateng, it should be does he play uh, El Neni or Atiba in that defensive midfielder role, and, and he just sort yeah. of locks in. Or Especially in home games, I mean, I can see it. I can see against uh, the, you know stronger teams, and he yeah, may still maybe, opt yeah. for both Atiban. And the thing with with Atiba right now, he just feels like he's in a, in a really good form. Sure does. I yeah. mean, he had a really good match here again. Again, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a question. Who's your man of the match? Who do you? Who would you say was the biggest contributor to our win? Buak. Yeah, I think Buak. Okay, I was gonna Five go with Sergen. I'm gonna give it to Sergen. He gets my first oh. honorary ball of the, the game game ball. Um, here's a question I wanted to ask you, Khan, and this is maybe a nice way to segue into the future. Going like we can start previewing what's gonna come next. But how do you feel? Uh, we, we talked a little bit about how excited you were about uh, Sergen coming in and coaching the team, and how 
it also came with nerves uh, that, you know, a guy of such legendary specter in the club could potentially be deflated by some poor performances or whatever. And so obviously you're happy we've won and gotten six points in his two matches. But beyond that, how are you starting to like, you know, just how do you feel about the whole thing now? Are you still well, nervous? Well, we did what we had. We, we did our jobs now. We had to win these true games. These were games that we could not lose, in my opinion. We could not drop points in these points. Uh, now we have a couple of really tough games coming up. We okay. have uh, Bashakshi Hero away is up next. And then Trabzon I don't know who at we, home. Um, yeah, Trabzon at home. And then we have Alanya away. So we have three really difficult tests. Three teams from the top seven. Yeah. Um, and it's worth Bishakshi noting Hero. that Alanya just held Fener to a one-to-one -one draw. Um, after our match, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, they did, um, and lots of crying afterwards. <laughs> sure was, yeah. I mean, there always is that with those guys. Um, um, yeah, so yeah, Alanya, you know, these three games are gonna they're gonna make or break our season. I want to say because by some miracle we are still A season in that it. we said has been broken like many times. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's true. Um, no, it's but... it's icing. It's it's a cherry on top if we can actually be competitive. I think we're probably already happy enough that we have a coach and a direction that's sort of bearing some fruit. You know, uh, that in and of itself is is our is what we want to come away from the season with. And so, uh, if the, if we learn that it's not Avci and transition to someone else and and it's working out, like that's a good recovery uh but absolutely i think it would just add so much to the to the story and the lore of it all if if we didn't just have that going for us but it also started to you know bear some some fruit some significance onto the the proceedings of the season itself because it would be great you know uh it it's an exciting like i i it's hard to to look at the super league as a Besiktas fan, objectively, and think of things as positive when we're in seventh place. But it's actually, I would imagine, uh, from a neutral perspective, an exciting time in the league in that you actually are starting to see the dominance of the big three or four or whatever start to get punctured somewhat regularly. We're, we're getting these, you know, Yeni Malachas and what have you um, to, to creep up and like, be... Alanya, Sivas, I think, are the best examples. Yeah, so Alanya in particular. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Yeni Milatia was short-lived to some extent. I mean, they're they, still up they, there a little. They completely, they're, they're, they're done. You think they're uh, not going to make it? Uh, no, well, we we kind of anticipated things. that at the time anyway. But but just seeing, I, I, I would imagine if you're coming to Turkey to play or manage and you're, you're not getting signed by one of those other teams, you, you could still feel like, you know, the world is... Your oyster, you know, you can pretty much accomplish anything there because you really never know, right? Sivas, Alanya. Um, I mean, there are other examples. Bashakshi here, too, in, in theory, right? Because it's just been the last few years that they've kind of very consistently entered that, that top three or four um, mm -hmm. in the league. And, and that says a lot. You know, it's, it's not common in any of the European leagues that a team emerges and, like, enters that conversation in a way that, like, maybe Manchester City did in England. Uh, most recently there. Um, trying to think of other examples elsewhere, but maybe like Eintracht Frankfurt. Leipzig. Uh, yeah, or Leipzig, Leipzig or something. Yeah, I mean, 
but so yeah it's 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 fantastic because yeah, frankfurt hasn't really done it consistently yeah leipzig has actually started to become regular players in the champions league and stuff like Basakshi here so i mean no it, it's it's a it's a fascinating time to be interested in turkish football I would imagine uh, it doesn't feel like that often as, as a fan of Batshaft and probably also a fan of Gladysteray or Fener. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's not oh, all yeah, bad. And the, it's, and it's still season, tight. I it's mean, still tight Sivas are slipping. Huh? Don't forget, they haven't won the last three matches. They, they, they drew two weeks ago. They lost last week. And this week they didn't win again. So they're losing that spot at the top. And Trabzon are taking over. They have a match in hand. If they win that, they'll be two points clear at the top. Um, yeah. So Alanya and, and Sivas are playing bit roles, I think. Sivas are yeah. clearly not... Ultimately, the, it's not oh. very likely that they make it to the to the finish line. But I, I just mean that it's it's an interesting time. And, and because of how competitive it is, generally uh really like the the gap between where we are in first isn't isn't even, is not theoretically insurmountable i think we're now eight points back um and so again if both of us win next week we're going to be playing bashakir away um so if we maintain that eight point gap we come into the match against travis where if we win we're then just five points back you know um it's really not bad We've been sort of stalled in seventh place for a while because of where we were pre-Sergan, obviously. Um, so even despite his wins, we haven't moved up. But the gap between us and eighth place has widened. And, you know, obviously in the rest of the mid-table or whatever. And we're really yeah. now in the thick of things where, like, n literally next week, if we win and some of those guys above us drop points again, as they have very consistently, we're again we're right back up into the european spots i think so yeah but we haven't won in uh, bashak chair since like 2014 but, so we have to be realistic about well it. you know big butts and i cannot lie <laughs> uh, big butt here though would have to be that that history is very much tarnished by the channel ganesh abdullah avchi spell the curse of avchi that uh plagued us under yeah, Shen for that time. Yes, but Bishakshir are a formidable side and Okan Buruk, they won't be easy no to doubt, beat. No doubt, no um, doubt. I just wanted to... Re so, I want, you know, I think it's important to recall that history there, too. Uh, you know, so maybe in uh, breaking the curse as far as Avchi being there and Shen being here, uh, maybe we can overturn the tide finally and break the history that's yeah, worked against it. I think people still need to remember, okay, they're like... The atmosphere around the team, around the club right now, is very popular. But the team itself, they they aren't gonna have suddenly become super confident because they won two games. The team is still, I think, I think this is still a team that has is is mentally prone. Yeah. And if we go behind against Bashakshir, we're gonna really struggle so we have to be very concentrated yeah we can't we can't and afford course, to have I a mean, 30 minutes like we did in yeah. the beginning of this last match that's for sure we, we have we have the quality to get something there obviously i mean especially now with, with what thing is a, is a is a quality injection for sure and he'll start i imagine um maybe i don't know i suspect i don't know yeah with that I kind of know. debut and 
I don't think I don't think that he's going to not start El Nenny and uh, and Atiba. Yeah, I mean so this might if, be one of those games where you're a little more careful, to be honest. But so yeah, sure. if he does start voting, it would be over. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just think that people need to be realistic. This is we're going into these three games or three difficult matches. This. It's very well possible that we end these three games with no points. Oh, it is man. also possible we end it with three points, or five points, or nine points, or six points. It's all possible, but I, you know, nine points is highly unlikely. Five points, I think, would be good. I would say get... five points should be the target. A couple oh, draws sure. and a win. Not losing. Not losing the, in these three games. If we come out of these three matches without a loss that would be a, i think that would be uh already uh, an achievement at this point because you cannot underestimate the momentum traps on sport have right now they are so Khan, this on a roll this sort of goes back to the question that we started with here a little bit uh, and we've sort of moved forward from there and begun to preview the match against bashakjir and all that but um when i asked how you feel about sergey yalchin i feel like you're starting to answer that now in how you are very cautiously, uh, I think n you might be a little nervous, to be honest, about the excitement around these two victories and the, the test. The, the real test begins now. Yeah, well, these three and, games you almost, are, are a real test. Are you? Do you feel like these two wins have maybe raised the pressure a little bit that people are now starting to expect results where they shouldn't? Because of course, like. You don't really expect a new manager to come uh, in mid-season. We are Besiktas, so you always need to expect results. I think that the state we were in under Abdullah Afci the last months uh, was was abysmal and pathetic, mm -hmm. and I don't think that's uh, that's uh, Besiktas should not go be going into games expecting to lose, and that's where we were at with Abdullah Afci. Yeah. So uh, I I don't think that it's unfair for fans to expect at least a draw. Well, you know what I'm but, saying, though, right? Like, but, yeah. Realistically, yeah, when a new manager comes into a team mid-season, you don't expect them to win their first two matches or three or four matches, right? Like, that's probably not a realist, realistic expectation in a vacuum of any manager coming to a oh. new team, particularly mid-season, right? So Usually when a new coach comes in, there is a short-term shock effect type of thing where there's a little bit of breath of fresh air going through the team, where the first couple of results can be positive. And, you know, I don't think that we have been properly tested. I think our performance in Riza, despite the good results, wasn't anything to write home about. I think we had a really good performance against Gaziantep, but it's possible that Gaziantep just had a massive off day. Um, and we were lucky that we scored early in the second half. Now, as I said, uh, we were, you know, that goal should have stood either way. So it's not like, oh, we got a soft penalty, blah, blah, blah. No, that goal should have stood otherwise. So. Yeah, I mean, but we got that goal, and that's something we—that's well, been an issue for us throughout the season. I think where we just struggled to open the scoring, um, and I, I, yeah, I think that's going to be important now in these three games against Bashakshir, especially. You know, if you go a goal down against Bashakshir, you know that you're going to struggle. Even though Sivaspor actually this weekend uh, went the goal down and managed to still salvage a point, but. Yeah, but I just think we, we, we cannot underestimate uh, the the seasons that both Trabzonspor and uh, and and, and Bashakshir have had. They are the two most consistent teams in the league. Yeah, no, no doubt. In my opinion, 
No doubt. Uh, because you have, you have to keep in mind, Bershakshir had a really bad start to the season, just like we did. Uh, new coach and everything, but he got everything back on track. And ever since that opening five, six games, they have been the most consistent team in the league, probably. Alongside maybe Sivaspor. But then Sivaspor, these last three games, have, have, have fallen off the wagon a little bit. And Trabzonspor are, are arguably bla- playing the best football consistently. I mean, the problem with Trabzon that I, or the reason I probably have underestimated them thus far is that they lost Yusuf Yazici, they lost Abdul Qadir uh, Omur for the, because of the injury. Um, you expected yes. them to kind of collapse, no impact right? They were supposed yeah. to collapse. Um, the obvious like really wild card team. was Sorloth, who, who has really flourished somehow well they have they have had a lot of luck with how Surloff has absolutely exploded but they have a really good team Sosa, Nwakaeme, Badu and Daya um you know Sturridge on the bench uh weird, they, they have a f- formidable team Filip Novak, Ujan is a tremendous goalkeeper I think their main weakness is just you know defensively um but they bought two central defenders uh, or well they loaned one and Signed another, I guess. Uh, they, you know, got Manuel da Costa, who we all remember from his time at Sivaspor and Bashakshi here, mm-hmm. uh, solid defender. And then, of course, they also got the Brazilian Manuel on loan. So they got two new central defenders in. Um, but just, yeah, they have a, a really strong midfield with Obi Mikel, with Sosa, with right, Badu they and got they have uh, Ekuban still. I mean, they have Nwakaeme, who's amazing on, on the left. They have uh, Yusuf Sare, who I really like on the right. They have Sturridge in their back pocket. They have Alexander Serlov, who got a red card this weekend, so he'll miss at least one game in the league, um, depending on how long he will be suspended. Uh, two or three matches, uh, he may miss the match against us. I don't think he will because I don't think that what he did warrants a three-match suspension. So um, people are comparing it to what El Nini did in the beginning of the season against Gaziantep when Coyote, uh, what did Coyote do? Like kick him and then he like kicked him back. Or he, no, he elbowed him. Coyote elbowed him and then El Nini reacted and kicked him. Yeah. And El Nini got three games for that. And um, Sir Love this weekend, he got kicked like twice by Bayano from Genshterberly and then he like turned around and pushed him but he kind of pushed him in the face yeah. sort well. of like a neck so push pe- right <laughs> yeah some people some people are like making that into like he hit him in the face but it was just a push you know he's just the guy is at one meter 94 tall and Bayano's like I don't know one and a half meters or something so <laughs> you yeah. know so yeah I mean I don't think Sirloch should be getting a long suspension there so uh, for me right now Surlot are um, Surlot. Trabzonspor are the real deal and the big favorites for the title. And they let's not forget they they whooped our asses in Trabzon and it was a little bit flattering. I felt like, but still, it was four one. Um, we're of course at home at Vodafone Park, but they score so easily. So yeah, it's, uh, it's effortless for them. It seems like uh, yeah. they really have a they have a system. To be honest, it feels like they 
um, can weather an off day by just playing the way that they, you know, the way they're supposed to play, you know, whatever that means. And what we used to do on the Shinogunesh the first two seasons, we, we, we had patience, we knew the goal was going to come, and we had confidence in that. And yeah. now we're still very much in the process of building up our confidence. We're getting back, it hopefully. Just, yeah, it just takes, takes one kink in the road to derail us again. So we are up against three really tough opponents now. So it's these three weeks are going to be very tough. And I think we're a little unfortunate in that regard. If you compare that to, to Galtzrai, for example, who came out of winter break just as mentally broken as we did, I think. But, but like coming into an easier schedule, I guess. But. Yeah, they, they've had a, a very easy schedule and they, they aren't facing anyone. Like, how many weeks are we in now? Like, uh, 18, 19, 20, 21. So four match days in. Um, and all the other teams in the top seven have faced at least one other team in the top seven. Galtzrai have only had, I think their toughest challenge has been, I guess, Denizli, I guess. And, and apart from Denizli, they've only had like teams who are on, on really poor form right now, like Kasim Pasha this weekend, like Konya Spor, who just sacked Aykut Kojaman. Um, and now next week they have Malatya Spor, who are completely slipping and, 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 and you know falling off the radar so they they're lucky with their schedule at the moment uh, whereas we are going into these next couple of weeks with tough games we, we just played Gustepe in their stadium opener which was very tough too and of course we played Sivaspor on the, on the opening match day of, of, of 2020 so we've had a tough schedule compared to them and uh, you know Trabzonspor have had their fair share of, of tough opposition they of course just uh, played against uh, Fenerbahce and, and Bashakshir have played against Fenerbahce already. They played against, uh, yeah, uh, what else did they play against? Sivaspor this weekend. So, you know, I mean, what was the point I was trying to make? I don't even remember. But <laughs> sure, I mean, just I think your point is that uh, we're going into a really tough stretch. And this is, right. you know, it's, it's do or die. Yeah. But I mean, realistically, I think... Dying the shouldn't be talking. like it shouldn't be uh, like the death of Sergei Yeltsin, and, and you know, like no, uh, no. we're no. we we're not. I think your point is basically that we're not in the position that they're in. So if we, if we don't reach the heights that they do, we shouldn't look at that as a knock on yeah, us. We we Sergei. don't have this opportunity to build up a lot of steam before we go into those tough fixtures right. like Altsride right now. They have an opportunity to build up tremendous amount of steam yeah. and a lot of confidence. And to be fair, they'll have a harder end of the season by that logic, but your, yeah, your they point will. stands that they'll have more momentum. Yeah. Yeah, they will have the momentum on their side whereas we, you know, just picked up a little bit of momentum and now we're headed into a three-match stretch which is going to be really tough. On the other hand, if you come out of this three-match stuff, um, three-match stretch with really positive results, that's of course going to launch you for for a good run towards the end of the season, hopefully. But you know, I, I it's too early to. Yeah, I don't know what to expect. We've, like, what we've to accepted that this was a lost season already a few on a few occasions, so maybe we should at least like temper our expectations so that we're not like heartbroken if like we don't perform a miracle here and get back into it uh yeah I, i'm with you on that um but i think that really covers the majority of the content for this week as far as this match uh and previewing the, the next few matches now um i should mention that the Knicks curse is back 
when Patrick Tash wins, the Knicks win on the same match, same schedule date, uh, and ditto with the losses. So hopefully, either the Knicks don't play on the same day as Patrick Tash in the coming weeks, or somehow the Knicks keep winning. Uh, but so yeah, that curse is alive. Um, Khan, take us out, really. Unless you have anything else to add, I don't. No, I don't think so. I think we covered it pretty much uh, top to bottom, and uh, you know, it's it's fun to just have to talk about one match. Exactly, I was gonna <laughs> say it's of... nice to to be able to really go into a match rather than like briefly talking about like four. So yeah, that's a good positive here. Uh, but yeah, take just out. one more thing. I uh, I was very disappointed today as I was watching Umrania Spore and both our uh, players Erdem Sejkin and Aydin Hasic started on the bench. Uh, Erdem came on in the 39 minutes. Um, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, Umranje went down early in the second half, nil two after just 60 minutes. And then they made, and then they used up their last sub, and Aydin Hasic didn't come off the bench. So at that point, I just t- tuned out. Also because Erdem wasn't really impressing me, it was kind of disappointing. Uh, so I was like, Ugh, I'm not watching this. So I just switched to the Kaiseri match, nice. Kaiseri Antalya Sport. Yeah, well, that's um, keep your yeah. eyes on there, folks. Certainly. Yeah, gonna, I'm gonna keep my eyes on it. I want to see Aiden Hasic in action, but no luck this week, unfortunately. But at least he was in the squad. Last week he wasn't in the squad yet, yeah. so. And I guess when they're to... down, perhaps they don't want to try something new that makes sense. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, take us out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just. Uh, Subscribe. <laughs> yeah, you know the deal. <laughs> tell your friends, tell your kids, tell your wife. You know, don't hide them, but tell them. Tell them about the Black Eagles podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow Besiktas International at Besiktas underscore int. Follow Sinan at Sir underscore right underscore a lot. Follow me at R A Z Z E R I A N. Or Z, uh, just for those check- of you who are cultured. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Zed, Zed, that's the culture. I know, yeah, technically, that's true. Go, go and check out the show notes for all those handles if you'd like. Oh, and also one more thing for all you loyal listeners of the Black Eagles podcast. Go on Twitter, follow at Footy a la Turca and take part in our shirt giveaway contest we are celebrating our one year anniversary coming up on the 20th of february so on the on the 20 february 25th episode we will announcing the lucky winner of uh, any turkish team um the, the, the football shirt of any turkish team so if you participate in this contest you will have a chance at winning the shirt and the shirt will obviously be of your choice so if you're listening to this i would expect it would be a Besiktas <laughs> shirt so just go unless to you've been dying for that karshiaka shirt or altai that you've been dreaming of yeah i do have to add though yes you'll be able to win a shirt of any turkish club but under uh you know as long as we can order it online as long as you can find it, it yeah exactly as long as we can order it online and have it shipped out to you directly from where we can order it because yeah otherwise we have to it's gonna get super complicated anyway so just go to footy Alturka, find that tweet it's one of the most recent tweets the uh what is it like a giveaway or you'll, you'll you'll see it when you just like mark with stars and stuff anyway the only thing you need to do is follow that account at Futi Ala Turka. Share the tweet. And sh- yeah, exactly. Retweet the tweet and also 
react respond to the tweet with a print screen showing that you're subscribed to football a la turca on any podcast device so whether it be the podcast app or spotify google music uh stitcher whatever any any platform that you follow on share that print screen so we know that you subscribe to just the not podcast and then remember <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, we we moved. That, so, yeah. well, Turka moved from Podbean to Transistor now since we joined uh, the Big Heads Media Network. So, anyway, if you want to have a chance at winning a Bishikta shirt or, I don't know, if you're a closet Fenerbahce fan, uh, Fenerbahce shirt. No. You know, do go it. and check out at uh, Footy Alaturka and you will have a chance at winning that one shirt we are giving away and next year we're celebrating a two-year anniversary so maybe we'll give away two well uh i of course have one last note it's of vital importance the future of the world is teetering on the brink of on the precipice of doom uh unless i say this last bit of Vitally important information. Go Bishop! <laughs> and uh, yeah, good luck, guys. Have a good week. Uh, hopefully, we keep this stuff going against Bastaxi here. IBB, as I like to call them, Belletius. Yeah, we, we, we are missing an incredible Milan derby, by the way. Uh, Inter 2 0 down. They've turned it around now, 3 to 2. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah. By the time you listen to this, it's too late. But anyway, go check out the island. Uh, I don't really care. I know I want to get into Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.